Thanks to Slack for supporting The Motley Fool. Slack is a messaging app which brings together all your team's communications in one place, making work simpler and more productive. Go to slack.com to learn more. It's Thursday, May 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer in studio, and I'm joined by Jason Moser from Motley Fool Million Dollar Portfolio and David Kretzman from Rule Breakers and Supernova. Guys, welcome. Hey, 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 Matt. Are you ready? Always. We've got serious rumors, and we've got a new Burger King. Serious, oh my serious gosh. rumors. Mac, you worked all morning on those. I, I bet. did. That's good stuff, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? And that's free. Okay, but let's begin with the market volatility, guys. U.S. markets on Thursday not doing a whole lot. That was after Wednesday's big sell-off. And David, we're not the only ones dealing with political uncertainty. Brazil's market falling more than 10% on Thursday after reports of a bribery scandal involving the country's new president. What does it all mean for investors? Yeah, a, a nice reminder this week that the stock market does go down on occasion. We've been in an incredible bull market, not only since the election, but really since the, the recession overall. It's been quite a run. And I think it's important to take a step back and look at the bigger picture here, because the S&P 500 is only back to where it was April 20th. So, less than a month ago, for this year, 2017 so far, it's still up over 5%. Over the past year, it's up over 15%. So, all in all, things are still looking very good. And obviously, you'll have these periods of volatility where people will start freaking out about something. Here at The Fool, we, we tend to, as our listeners will know, we focus on the individual businesses. Usually, uh, political interactions or political discussions don't weigh very heavily on our investing thesis. We want to invest in companies that have a good chance of doing well over the long term, regardless of which way the political winds are blowing. In the case of Brazil and Latin America, unfortunately, political scandals are nothing new there. Uh, Dilma Rousseff, the the previous president, she was impeached and essentially shipped out by voted out by the Senate last year. So there's been ongoing corruption there. For a company like Mercado Libre, which is a full favorite here, the largest e-commerce uh, player in Latin America, it still managed to do very well despite the the political turmoil in Brazil and other countries in the region. And I think it's important to again there take take a look at the big picture because for a company say like Mercado Libre uh, in Latin America the internet penetration rate is only 62 percent compared to 89 percent in the U.S. So still very few people compared to the U.S. are even online, and there's still a, a big greenfield opportunity for e-commerce um, in Brazil. So I gave a very long answer to a short question, Mac. But that for me the 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 main takeaway here is drops happen. Uh, this volatility happens, but take take a close look at the long-term view. And Jason, it seems like a dangerous game to try to base your investing on some political prognostication. People were doing it after Trump won the election. A lot of people speculated that the market would sell off sharply. Turns out the market rallied. Yeah. So it's kind of a dangerous game. Well, it's a very dangerous game, and I mean, you, you look at the reasons why it might drop or why it might rally, and I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack there, whether it's domestic or international. Ultimately, I think a lot of this sort of shines a light on why it's so beneficial to take that five plus year time horizon when you when you view investing because you basically take a lot of this stuff out of play. I mean, we could sit here and talk about this every day, and I mean, we do to a degree with with the podcast and what and whatnot. But I mean, it it it's interesting. I mean, I'm looking at all of this talk of the Trump downturn and how all of this. Talk focuses around playing defense, selling, shoring up your balance sheet. What I mean, this is all just just from yesterday. 
and I mean, the markets are, are up today, mind you. Um, you have a lot of people kind of walking on eggshells, trying to figure out a way to manipulate around this quote unquote madness. When really, I mean, I think the glass half full investor could probably look at this and say, well, I mean, there are going to be some opportunities for me, perhaps, to either add to positions I like or or initiate positions in companies that I've had my eye on. In in when it comes to Brazil, I mean, honestly, I look at this as as optimistically. I mean, think about this. I mean, the 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 scandal here, the political scandal here, all centers around transparency and honesty and growth and freedom for the Brazilian people and for Latin American people. I mean, in the big picture sense of things, that is a huge plus for Brazil, for Latin America, and for a company like Mercado Libre. So, if you're able to take that longer-term sort of perspective there and sort of dismiss the the near-term near-term noise, which is impossible to predict, I can see plenty of reasons to to take all of this volatility with uh, with with an optimistic spin. Yeah, I think one of the the best things you can do as an investor to Boost your chances of being successful over the long term is getting in a frame of mind and positioning your portfolio in such a way that you see these macro bumps as an opportunity rather than something to fear. Because these downturns and sell offs are always going to happen at some point. You can't predict when, you can't predict necessarily how long they will go. But net net, over the long term, great businesses will reward investors with market beating and outsized returns. So you want to position your portfolio in a way and just get in that mindset where you don't fear these downturns because they're going to come at some point. But if you can see them as an opportunity and actually take advantage of them, then you'll do pretty well over the long haul. And guys, let's talk about a business that's rewarding investors. It's a retailer that is crushing expectations, a retailer that grew its e commerce sales by 63% in the most recent quarter. Yes, I'm talking Walmart. Mac, Jason, let's, 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 I, mean, I had you there. I, didn't I appreciate, I? I appreciate I had you, it. I had you there. Let's, let's go, Larry David here. Let's, let's curb your enthusiasm, okay? Because I mean, I think that while it was, you a thought good I was going to say Amazon. Thought you're actually going to say Costco. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been too, too surprising. <laughs> yeah, that would have been too easy. But but aren't aren't you surprised? Listen, shouldn't I, we be surprised I, a little here? I think we should all doff our collective cap and and really give credit where credits due because Walmart. Is a business we've been very critical of for a while, given this move to e-commerce, and and I think that in the face of a very nasty retail environment, Walmart did really produce some some good results for the quarter. Tenth consecutive quarter of same store sales growth, also, and, and that's that's impressive. I mean, honestly, it wasn't like it was superior growth by any means. I mean, we've seen sort of these big. Sort of a U.S. blue chip names, McDonald's comes to mind, where they just they hit these spells where growth really becomes difficult to come by, and and of course we were very critical of them on a quarterly basis. I mean, when you look at it uh, over the history here, I mean Walmart has obviously done some very phenomenal things. Shrink that down to sort of a, a five year and three year timeline. Walmart has not worked out as great uh, on the investment side over the past year. It's not been a bad investment though. Um, so so certainly they are they're clearing some easier hurdles there. I do think that the challenges still exist. I mean this is this is not an e-commerce business and it's certainly not a business that is geared up to be able to compete effectively I think with Amazon in the long run. And I think does, does it need to compete with Amazon? I mean well, is yeah. it, isn't there room for both? I mean there probably is room for both. I mean I don't want to dismiss this big physical footprint that Walmart has and the success that they've they've had to date. But again, I mean, we're looking this we're looking at this from the investor's perspective, and so our job is to look forward, and I think that's what the market is telling us too. I mean, when we look at sort of the numbers that come into play here, I mean, 
Walmart does about three times the the amount of sales in dollars that Amazon does on an annual basis. Yet the market is valuing Amazon at double what it values Walmart. I mean, when we look at growth here, revenue growth over the last five years annualized, Amazon's throwing in 23, 24% annualized growth over the last five years. Walmart's one and a half percent. So clearly, there there's your disparity, and that's why the market is valuing one so much more highly than the other. To your point, no, it does not mean that Walmart can't be a successful investment. But I would argue that in order for it to be a successful investment, they're going to have to focus on returning capital to shareholders in a more effective manner. And if we look at that, and we talk about returning capital, we're talking about share buybacks, we're talking about dividends. Okay, they don't even yield three percent yet. I would argue they need to yield at least three percent on the dividend side to become an attractive dividend play. On the share buyback side. Over the last five years, they brought their share count down about 8%. Not bad, but when you put that in the context of something like Apple that has brought their share count more than 20%, I mean, that's a tech company for crying out loud, Mac. So when we look at it from the income investor play, when we look at it from sort of the return to capital, uh, return to capital shareholders play, I think Apple could be argued a better investment idea than Walmart, even from that perspective. There's opportunity for Walmart, they just need to capitalize. So I, I hear you warming up to Walmart just a little, though. <laughs> Maybe a smidge. <laughs> yeah, and to Jason's point, Walmart is still producing over $20 billion in free cash flow each year. So, they are pumping out a lot of cash that they can reinvest in the business, they can buy back shares, pay the dividend, acquire companies like they did last year with Jet.com. What I found really impressive with this report is that the majority of their e-commerce growth is coming from Walmart.com. At first, I thought, well, maybe it's just you know they they acquired Jet.com last year, so maybe that's artificially inflating the numbers. But no, it is their namesake, Walmart.com, that's doing really well. Uh, in January, they announced free two-day shipping on orders over thirty-five dollars on Walmart.com. No membership required, like Amazon Prime, uh, and they also rolled out a pickup discount where. Users can get lower prices if they ship the items to a Walmart store instead of their their home. So, I like how how the company has been innovating a bit more and focusing on on that e-commerce effort. And to see Walmart.com performing pretty well, uh, that's reassuring. And another thing too is last quarter at the end of 2016, they had 35 million items on uh, Walmart.com, and this quarter it reached 50 million, which is comparable to what's on Prime. So they are definitely amping up the competition against Prime. And guys, before we get to our next story, I want to say thanks to Slack for supporting today's episode of Market Foolery. Slack is a messaging app that brings together all your team's communications in one place, making work simpler and more productive. Slack allows you to organize your team with real time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives all in one easy-to-use app. Major companies regularly use Slack. Companies like Capital One and Electronic Arts. And guys, companies like The Motley Fool, we've been using Slack for a couple of years now. We love it. I know that we use it to plan the show. Yeah. I know you guys use it every day. You nailed it on the app side, and I think that's really one of the one of the biggest benefits of having it is Day or night, rain or shine, I mean, you have your phone with it, you're in contact with the folks that matter. A big upgrade from email. And yeah, no more searching through a bunch of emails. Plus, you can tailor Slack to work with over 900 apps. And with a mobile app for iOS and Android that Jason was referring to, you can sync it seamlessly. You can always pick up where you left off, no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Find out why at slack.com. That's slack.com. And guys, let's move to the serious rumor part of our show. Reports Boom. out that Sirius XM is in talks to buy Pandora. Jason, I'm not sure why they would buy Pandora. Help me here. Well, I think uh, there. I mean, a number of reasons. I mean, I think honestly, 
they're looking at it from the perspective of trying to figure out how to remain relevant, how to gain um, share in this in this growing trend towards internet radio. I mean, there's certainly no question that that internet radio is a trend that's not going to go away. Um, personally, I mean, I look at this as really. Pandora needs series more than series needs Pandora. So, what do they get from Pandora that they don't already have? I think honestly, they probably get more than anything the brand equity. I think that Pandora, the one thing they have done well over over the course of time, is uh, gain sort of that entry into the individual's life via their phone. Uh, there, there is a brand equity there that. Uh, financials notwithstanding, and I mean, let's be clear: like Pandora's financials look like a bomb went off. <laughs> And it's not going to get any better. I mean, it is going to get nothing but worse for them. It is only going to get more competitive, which means their financials will not get better. Um, I mean, really, SiriusXM can bring Pandora in under their under their roof. They can sort of mask that weak financial performance early on. And really, I think for Sirius, they're sort of looking ahead and thinking, well, I mean, we know that SiriusXM has performed really well over the over over the recent years. Primarily because of Howard Stern. I mean, I don't think that's a secret. Like he's, he's been a reason. He's been a reason for the, for their success. Um, and with thirty million plus subscribers now, you you have to start wondering when Howard probably he's probably going to hang it up in three and a half years. He's got three three and a half years left on his contract, and he's probably going to retire after that. So then, Sirius has to start thinking beyond that and thinking, okay, what do we do to keep these subscribers re-upping? It's not going to be easy, and I'm not saying that subscribers are going to be re-upping and paying for Pandora's service, mind you. But Pandora, you know, they Pandora they have a lot of listeners. I mean, it's just it's it's an ad play. You you can monetize that platform via advertising pretty easily. It's it's a good sort of app to have on your phone. Voice integration with things like Alexa and 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 Amazon or um, you know Google Home and whatnot. And and I think they could buy it for a song. Yeah, uh, I mean these these rumors have been going on for a long time. It's the classic "will they, won't they" uh, drama. But um, yeah, I, I agree with Jason that there's no question that Pandora really needs Sirius XM more than Sirius XM needs Pandora. And going back to 2008, since Pandora IPO'd, it's never had a, a profitable or cash flow po- free cash flow positive year. Their net debt count continues to to rise, and they just last month launched their competitor. Competitive uh, product to uh, Apple Music and Spotify, essentially, where you get that unlimited music uh, for a monthly fee of ten dollars. So they've just been very behind the game with where the music industry was clearly going with these streaming services. And last last summer, uh, SiriusXM supposedly offered fifteen dollars a share to buy out Pandora. And when you go back to late last year, about October, Pandora shares were trading for over fourteen dollars, and now they're below ten. So I feel like the longer Pandora waits, the less leverage they have. I don't know what what they're waiting for, but if I'm serious, XM, I'm not going to raise that offer because I mean Pandora, as Jason mentioned, they're between a rock and a hard place. Fifteen right now. looks pretty good right now, right? I, I think so. That's a fifty percent premium. Oh, I mean, when you look at the substitutes that are out there today, it's amazing to think that I mean Pandora really started this movement. Yeah. But then Spotify, Apple, Amazon, they Amazon. really hit yeah. them with yeah. the hind. I mean, just totally. Flew right by Pandora, never even looked back, and now Pandora is kind of wondering what in the world just happened. Again, like we said, it's not going to get any easier. It doesn't get any better for them, which means their financials only get worse. And I mean, I'm not. This is not hyperbole. I mean, their financials look utterly horrible. They <laughs> like lost in every 360 way. million in the past year. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really tough. The economics of that market are very tough, and so for SiriusXM, you know, this is an easy little tuck in for them. For Pandora, it really is probably the only practical way out.
And, and speaking of those competitors, I mean, Spotify already has over 50 million subscribers. Apple Music has over 30 million. Uh, and then Amazon Music is what I personally use, and I think that's been gaining steam. So to be launching their premium Pandora product so late in the game uh, that th- their competitors have a major head start. So again, it's an uphill battle for Pandora from here. And guys, you know, on the show, we tend to avoid partisan politics. We're not a political show, right? That's the other shows. And we tend to avoid partisan issues, except for this story. America has a new favorite burger chain. <laughs> That's at least according to Harris Poll's annual Equitrend study. Five Guys now takes the top spot. In and Out Burger slips to number two. Rounding out the top 10, we've got Shake Shack, Wendy's, Culver's, Whataburger, McDonald's, Sonic, Smashburger, and Steak and Shake. How are we feeling about Five Guys at number one? I've got to say, I love Five Guys, and I've never been to an In and Out. So. This is a little rocky forest, right? I mean, East versus West. I mean, just on the domestic level. I mean, I Five Guys I love. I've been been to Five Guys a number of times. I've never had in and out. Describe people, Five Guys for I mean, people who may not know. It's pretty plain Jane. I mean, but they're stacking a couple of burgers on top of each other. Uh, you Great know, fries. No frou-frou on the bun, just a straight no lots sesame of grease. seeds, lots, lots of, of good grease. grease. Cater that cater that burger however you like it. It's not something like you get it immediately. So you know they're putting a little effort in there into making it. And and I mean I'd say Shake Shack. You know we took that field trip uh, a little while back at the New York City and, and did a little market research up there. We taped a market foolery at the Shake Shack in New York City. I gotta I gotta give them a tip of the cap too. I mean that's pretty good stuff. But but Mac I told you before taping and I'm sticking to my guns here. None of this none of it holds a candle to the burger I can sling on my grill at home. And and tell me about that. What are you doing with with the burger? Because I need I'm I'm a recent I, I'm a neophyte when it comes to outdoor grilling, and 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 I've bumped up my game a little, but I've still got a lot. It's to learn. simplicity. It's simplicity in every sense of the word, Mac. I mean, people like to try to take it all sorts of different directions. The key is you got to have a good fatty meat. You got to get the eighty twenty cut. Don't right. go for ninety three seven okay. or ninety ten or whatever. That just Go for the fat. Charcoal or gas? Uh, well, I mean, I have a gas grill. I think gas or charcoal, Boo. either way, that's not going to play much into Boo. the Come play on. much into the burger here. Charcoal. But you get yourself a good fatty cut. You make yourself a big burger. Okay. Okay. You make sure to push it down a little bit in the center because right. that's where it's going to plump. You take both sides of it: salt, pepper, a little olive oil on each side. Throw it on the grill. Turn it once. Don't squish it down. Okay. okay. There's no squishing. It really is that simple. And Jason, I know we were talking about this story before the taping, and you were skeptical of McDonald's coming in at number seven. I I, I don't even understand that. I Mac. love McDonald's. Why? Okay, I've got I've, How? Got, I've got five reasons. I was hoping you were going to ask. Okay. Sounds like a commercial in the making. Okay, ready? Kids love it. Great fries. Food has improved slightly. <laughs> I, I know what I'm getting. Bathrooms. The food has improved slightly. And then so you're saying it's less bad. It's less bad. Okay. But, well, it, but hey, it is true. I mean, it like, is. you know what you're getting. If you're on a road trip and you see a McDonald's, it may not be, you know, one of your burgers, you know, but I know what I'm getting. It is a known quantity. I will give you And the you fries. That. You're I telling me you don't it. love the fries? I think McDonald's fries are second Pretty to good. none. Yeah. I think they're second and to none. And if they could just improve their food a little more, and if they could take <laughs> advantage of the mobile app. That's what they're right? trying, right? So, yeah. then then all of a sudden, the investing, I think the investment becomes attractive. Well, I mean, Steve Easterbrook's goal is to turn it into this modern, progressive burger company. They're upping their game on the yeah. ingredients. I don't side, own so. the shares, but I've been thinking about it, because I'm kicking myself for not having bought Panera a couple of years ago when Ron Shake, the CEO, said that the stores were a mosh pit. <laughs> and then they launched this Panera 2.0 initiative, and it's wildly successful, right? And the stock goes up. So is McDonald's potentially 
as an investment where Panera was two or three years ago. No, I think it was probably a year or so ago. So I, missed, I think we've I seen missed a out. lot. Yeah, I think you missed the boat already. You might as well hang it. You're up. buying high, Mac. Yeah, exactly. Has the all day breakfast change your behavior at all at McDonald's? Um, you know, I don't. I don't really do breakfast there, but I like that idea. The I do McGriddle? like that idea. I like the option. The you McGriddle. McGriddle guy. Yeah. No, I, I end up. Um, I, I mix it up a little. I, I go grilled chicken because I'm I'm healthy. So when I go to McDonald's, I get the grilled chicken. Wait, healthy in McDonald's just don't <laughs> seem to really work. And the large fries. <laughs> Okay, Jason, David, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mac. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Forward. The show is mixed by Steve Broido. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.